Now, um, what you may not know about me, many of you know this, but some of you may not, is that uh, I am a huge UGA fan. That's right. Don't, sh no, no. Come on, get out of here. Go dogs, right? Go dogs. Now, listen. Listen, not only, uh, not only, I'm just going to get comfy if this is cool with you guys. I'm just going to, I'm kind of hanging out with my slippers, no big deal. Um, so not only am I a huge UGA fan, but I actually went to the University of Georgia. Uh, that's where I met my wife. That's where, you know, our, our romance blossomed, right? That was, a, that was a cool place for us to live for a while. Love, love, love UGA. And around this time, a lot of parents and um, teenagers come up to me, especially those that are, like, thinking about college, and they start asking questions about UGA. And, and specifically, the number one question I get is students and parents are kind of considering what college they need to go to. The number one like concern that comes up is this. Isn't, isn't UGA just too big? Like, like, aren't there just too many people at UGA? Um, because, check this out, you may not know this, there's actually uh, over 30,000 students that attend UGA. Isn't that crazy? At, at, at any one given time, 30,000 students. And so naturally, the question comes up, well, isn't it just too big? Like, isn't it terrible being that big? And my answer to them is always, no. No, it's awesome, actually. Like, I love the fact that it's that big. And it may not be for the reason that you think it is, right? So um, uh, I don't love it being that big just because everything is bigger, right? That all the gatherings are bigger. Although that's true. That's not the main reason I love it. Um, I don't love it being big because the parties are bigger. Um, at, at least that's what I've heard, right, from reliable sources. Uh, that's what they've told me. Uh, and that's true, but that's not... That's not the reason. The reason I love UGA being so big is this. The more people there are, the more likely you are to get along with someone, right? I mean, with there being 30,000 18 to 22 year olds, you're bound to find someone that's just like you. You're bound to find someone that you're gonna get along with. And that's exactly what happened to me my freshman year at UGA. I met this guy who was like practically, I mean, I'm telling you, we were like twins separated at birth. There was so much stuff that we had in common. Um, we were both like tall. We were both thin. We both had the same kind of background. Uh, we both have giant mouths in both sense of the word. You know what I'm saying? Like I've got a giant mouth. It's true. In fact, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Uh, I have like giant horse teeth. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're just massive. They're massive. He has giant horse teeth as well. I'm telling you, we were identical. We had like the same upbringing. We had the same faith. We have the same sense of humor. I'm telling you, we were just identical. And so naturally, because he and I had so much in common, like I gravitated towards him. I hung out with him often. I, 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 I sat with him. I did life with him. We hung out together. This was just a very natural thing for us. In fact, he was, uh, he was a groomsman in my wedding. I got a picture of it. This is, uh, this is me and him right here. I know. Don't be scared. It's pre-glasses, Steve. It's okay. I know, it's weird. By the way, I do have eyebrows, okay? You just got to look really hard. They're there, I promise. Uh, so uh, also, you guys like that bowl cut, right? That's pretty... I know, that's good. That's good. Um, so that's me and him, and I'm rocking a bow tie because it's my wedding. And take that, Vineyard Vines. You know what I'm saying? I'm rocking the bow tie. I got you. I got you. So there we are. There we are at my wedding. I'm telling you, not, like not only did we share all these things in common, listen, this is true, we even shared our first name. 
His name is Stephen, and my name is Stephen. And it's even spelled the exact same way. Isn't that crazy? Like, so, of course, we'd be palling around with one another. We'd be hanging out with one another. And so whenever we would meet someone, uh, this is usually how the introduction would go. I'd say, hey, what's up? My name is Steve. And then he would say, well, my name is Stephen. And then you could see the look on their faces, because, again, we're, like, identical. And they're, like, looking at us, and they go... Like that. And then I kind of ease the tension and I say, Yeah, uh, we're actually brothers. Mom and dad gave us the same first name. And they're like, Oh, wait, the same first name? And it took them a while, and maybe it's taken you a while. Parents give you the same last name. You get it? Anyways, we thought it was funny because we have the same sense of humor. Uh, and so, and so we, we, we just did this all the time because we loved, we loved hanging out with one another. Because we were so similar, because we were so similar, I naturally gravitated towards them. And chances are, this is something that you do too, right? Like chances are you like hanging out with people that share your same interests, right? So, um, so if you play lacrosse, then chances are you love hanging around people that play lacrosse. Right? You love hanging out with people and talking with people about lacrosse because you love lacrosse and they love lacrosse and it's awesome. If, if, if you love watching Pretty Little Liars, then chances are you love talking to people that love watching Pretty Little Liars, right? That's what you do. You get together with people that have your same interests. If, if, check it out, if, if Zach Brown Band is your favorite band, then you love hanging out with people whose favorite band is Zach Brown. Like, you just love people. You love people that share the same interests as you. Here's why. Here's why. It's because we like people like us. This is actually in your notes. We like people like us. I mean, we're just kind of born this way. This is just a really natural thing. We just, we gravitate towards people. We like people. We like people like us. And um, uh, I, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like in your, in your friendships, chances are there's, there's been a moment where like you realize that you both like the same thing, right? And uh, when you find out that your friend who you're hanging out with likes the same thing, what do, you, what do you say after they tell you what they like? You say, same, right? You say, same, right? I love Christmas. Same. I love Christmas, right? I love Pretty Little Liars. Same. I, oh my gosh, I love that show. And the reason that you probably say same to your best friend over and over again is because we like people like us, right? We like people just like us. In fact, have you, have you ever tried to carry on a conversation with someone that you have nothing in common with? Isn't that the worst, right? Like that, that is the most awkward thing on the planet. You're trying to find common ground, but you can't. Uh, and if you're anything like me, then you probably do something like this, where you're like, uh, you say um, and you say so a lot, right? You're like, you're like staring off in the distance, and you're like, ah, uh, so, um, you know, and like you just keep going back and forth between um and so. And if you're lame like I am, then this is what you default to. This is like the thing you go to. The one conversation topic I go to when I can't find anything else to talk about is hands down the lamest thing we could ever talk about. It's the weather. I know. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you. It's so lame. But like, but like literally when I got nothing and I'm talking to someone that I'm like, so, uh, um, do you hear it's going to be 42 degrees today? <laughs> it's like a four and a two. Isn't that crazy? 42, it's like not too hot, but it's like, you know, not cold enough to snow. What are we going to do? You know, and like I just try to come up with something because it is so awkward. It's like pulling, she, uh, pulling teeth when you try to talk to someone that doesn't have the same interests as you. Because I'm telling you, we naturally, this is just the way it works. We like people. We like people like us. 
Now, this is true, but there's one problem with this. And the one problem is no one is exactly like you. No one. No one is exactly like you, which means if you continue in this mindset of I have to like someone who's just like me and I'm only going to talk to people that share my same interests and I'm only going to continue the friendship as long as we like the same thing, then eventually what you'll find, because no one is exactly like you, you're going to run into a circumstance where your best friend or your really good friend, all of a sudden there's a difference between you and that person and you're going to find there's a difference. Or maybe, maybe you're going to find yourself in a circle with people that you don't have anything in common with. Which means if you only like people that are just like you, eventually what's going to happen is that your relationships are going to break down. And eventually, you'll find yourself lonely because no one is exactly like you. And so if we continue in this mindset that I only like people that are just like me, eventually we're going to run out of people because no one, no one is exactly like you. So here's the question that I want to talk about tonight. Here's, here, here's kind of the one thing that I want to talk about. How do you like people that aren't like you? How do you do it? How do you, how do you like people that aren't like you? And what's crazy is when we look at the life of Jesus, <laughs> we find him doing the exact opposite of what we naturally do. I mean, as you study the life of the Son of God, you find that he's nothing like us. In fact, he's very different from us in the way that we treat this topic. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of peek into the life of Jesus and see how he answers this question. How do you like people that aren't like you? So let's do this. Let's, let's grab our Bibles. They should be right around you. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. This is going to be on uh, page 1,179. Philippians chapter 2. And we're actually going to pick up where we left off last week. This is going to be uh, very similar to what we talked about last week. In fact, you might remember this, that last week there was a guy named Paul that was writing to people. <laughs> and he said, he said, you need to be generous in the way that you serve people. Because see, we have a get more mindset. By default, we just, we like getting things. But remember, Jesus is the one that said, you're actually more blessed when you give instead of receive. And so at the end of verse 4, we find out that Paul is saying the best way to get over this get more mindset is to actually give away your time. And then right after talking about giving away your time, he begins to shift gears and talk about relationships, right? These relationships where you're trying to answer the question, so, so how do you like someone who's not like you? And this is what he says starting in verse 5. He says, in your relationships, remember the relationships where you naturally like people that are like you. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then, then Paul does something that is really, really cool. Paul does something I want to talk about. What he does is the very next verse, he actually quotes a song. A song. In fact, listen to this. Many historians believe this is the earliest Christian worship song ever sung. Isn't that cool? So, so even before there was oceans and this I believe, Christians were gathering around together and they were singing this song. In fact, you may not realize this, but Christians were actually known as people that sang to God. They did. In fact, there was a, um, there was a guy who was not a Christian that lived just a few years after Jesus. His name was Pliny. He was actually the governor 
of this, of this little place in Rome. And as governor, what he was trying to do was he was trying to find out more and more about Christians, more and more about people that followed after Jesus. And so on this one particular occasion, he's doing his research, and then, this is what he does, he actually writes to his boss to talk about what he's found out about Christians. And look at this. This is what he says. He says, they, meaning the Christians, they meet on a certain day before light where they gather, and this is what they do. They sing hymns to Christ as to a God. See, this guy named Pliny, who is not a Christian, could not understand why people were actually singing to Jesus. And so he's scratching his head and he's saying, look, you're not going to believe this, but these Christians, they sing songs to Jesus like he's some sort of God. And maybe, maybe, one of the songs that he overheard was this song right here. One of the earliest Christian worship songs ever sung. And so here it is, starting in verse 6. This is that song. Who, talking about Jesus, being in very nature God, meaning he was made of the same stuff as God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Instead, this is what he did. This is what he did. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so here's what Paul is saying. When he starts quoting this song, he's saying, look, you already know this. You, you remember this from every Sunday morning when you get together and you sing this song that Jesus, right? Jesus is like God. In fact, he's not just like God. Jesus is God. He's made of the same stuff as God. And yet, and yet, even though Jesus was sitting on a throne in heaven, what he did was he actually came down to earth and he hung out with people that were nothing like him. He sat down with people that were nothing like him. In fact, the whole reason that we celebrate Christmas, right? The reason that we celebrate Christmas is because Jesus left his throne in heaven and he moved into the neighborhood and he hung out with you and hung out with me and he did life with us and he sat down next to us 2,000 years ago. In other words, even though Jesus is nothing like you, Jesus likes you. Even though Jesus is nothing like you, because remember, he's just like God, he's not like you, and yet, he likes you. In fact, not only does he like you, he loves you. The verses go on and they say, Jesus came to earth and he didn't just like you, but he loves you and he laid down his life for you. 2,000 years ago, he paid the ultimate price because he cared for you. And so now, now Paul is saying, in the way that you treat one another, and the way that you act towards one another, and the way you talk to one another, I want you to be just like Jesus. Remember how Jesus, even though he wasn't like you, he still liked you? I want you to find people that aren't like you, and I want you to actually like them. And I know it's tough, and I know it's weird, and I know it's awkward, but what I want you to do is I want you to like people that aren't like you. Because after all, that's what Jesus did. So if we were to answer this question that we asked, like, how do you like people? How do you like people that aren't like you? I think, I think one possible answer is to sit with them, to sit with them. In fact, I, I, I came up with this. It's a, um, it's a little bit cheesy, but it helps me remember it. Here it is. Sit with them even when you don't fit with them. <laughs> sit with them even when you don't fit with them. 
even when they have different interests than you do, even when they play a different sport than you do, even when they're more awkward than you are, even when things are different, even when you're nothing like them, I want you to sit with them. Sit with them. Even when you don't fit with them. Because after all, that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus was sitting in heaven on a throne and he left that comfortable chair and he came to be with us and he sat with us. Even though he was nothing like us, he still liked us. Sit with him, even when you don't fit with him. And I think, I think there's three areas where you can sit with people that are nothing like you. The three areas are the bus, the lunchroom table, and here. Here. So first I want to talk about the bus. Um, the bus is an awkward place. Can we all, can we all agree with that? Does anyone actually like the school bus? Is there anyone? Two That's impressive. Here's, here's what I learned. Uh, when I was a student, I hated the bus. And then I grew up and I became an adult. And I still hate the bus. But I hate it for a different reason. I hate it because it causes all this traffic. But the point is, no matter how old I was, man, I just, I hate the bus. I never liked the bus. And I don't know if your bus is the way that my bus was. But um, the bus is full of the most awkward people on the planet. In fact, I'm not even convinced they go to school. I think they just pick up random awkward people and they say, you should get on a bus because that's what you're supposed to do, right? And, and, and the bus that I rode when I was a freshman in high school was exactly the same way. In fact, in fact, there was one guy on this bus, and I'm telling you, man, he was like the epitome of awkward. Not only was he like awkward to talk to, but uh, how do I put this? You could smell him from very far away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had like, he had like a 10-foot radius of smell, you know, where like literally I could walk on the bus blindfolded and I could tell you whether or not he was on that bus simply by my nose, right? It, dude, I'm telling you, it, it was awful, man. He wore the same ratchet t-shirt every single day and he had these pit stains. I don't know. This is crazy. The pit stains connected, you know? <laughs> When the, when the pit stains connect, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. And he wore this thing every day, and so you could smell his terrible body odor. And it wasn't just his body odor, man. I don't think this kid had ever seen a toothbrush. Like, it was, it was like, you know how people say, you know, he's got like a carpet on his teeth? I'm telling you, this kid had a shag carpet from the 70s on his teeth. It was just like, it was great. It had a mind of its own. I think there was a person living in there. It was awful. It was like just, I'm, I'm telling you, his breath was bad. His body odor was bad. He was an awkward kid. He was in ninth grade and he had like gray hair. Like, it was weird. I didn't under, I was like, dude, if you washed your hair, maybe that wouldn't happen, you know? But he was, it was awful. And so naturally, naturally, no one sat with him, right? Of course no one sat with him because he smelled bad. It was awful and there was like a radius around him where people didn't get near him because he smelled bad and he was awkward and he was weird to talk to and why don't you shampoo your hair and why don't you shower? Why don't you, you know, it was just, it was bad. No one ever sat with him. And then one day something extraordinary happened. God spoke. God spoke. And he spoke to me. And what he said was, I want you to go sit with him. And I remember being like, uh, him? 
you want me to sit with God, have you seen him? Have you smelled him, God? Like, come on, there's no way you're talking about him. Like, God, for the sake of my own health, I think I might catch something if I sit near him. I don't think it's a good idea for me to sit near him. This is the worst idea you've ever come up with, God. What do you mean sit with him? God, why on earth should I sit with him? And I remember his answer to me. He said, well, because I sat with you. Because I sat down next to you. And I know, I know that you think you have nothing in common with him. And I know that you're nothing like him. And so you don't like him. But I have nothing in common with you. And yet, I love you. And I sat with you. So now I want you to sit with him. And uh, I don't know if you've ever come to that moment where you feel like God's telling you to do something. And you've kind of, like it's to the point, like the point of no return where you're like, well, now I got to stink and do what he just said. Like, this is, un, you know, and so I'm in that process of like, well, now I got to be obedient to God. And by the way, if, if you've never had a moment like that where God's told you to do something, you resolve in your heart to go do it. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing to quicken your relationship with Christ more than being obedient when he calls you to do something, even when it hurts, even when it's tough. So, so I got up. And I sat down next to this kid. And again, we have nothing in common, right? And this, it's like an awkward moment. And so I sit down next to him and I'm like, uh, so <laughs> you come on this bus often? Is this, a, is this a normal thing for you? It's like, whoa, I heard it's 42 degrees today. It's like a four and a two. What are you going to do, man? It's crazy. You know, and I'm, and I'm trying to come up with a conversation and it's awkward and he's even more awkward. But then for the rest of the time that I rode that bus, I sat with him. Even though I knew it was going to, like, you know, take a hit to my social status, and even though it smelled bad and I had to, like, hold my breath while I was talking to him, I'm telling you, man, it was awkward, but I knew that I needed to sit with him, even when I didn't fit with him. Because that's what Jesus did for me. <laughs> even though he's nothing like me, Jesus liked me. So maybe for you, God's saying to sit next to someone on the bus. Or maybe, maybe for you, um, it's at lunch, right? The lunchroom table. This is like, this is where you're hanging out with all of your friends and you like, like it's the one moment in the day when you're like, finally, I have some freedom from all the schoolwork. And so I want to hang out and I want to laugh till I cry. I want to, like, I just want to hang out with the people that are like me. It's fun. I love the lunch table. But you and I have seen those people, right? Like, usually when you see those people, you ignore them because it makes you feel sad when you think about it. But you and I have all seen those people that sit by themselves. And maybe it's by their choice, or maybe it's because they don't know anyone. Maybe they're new to the school, but they sit by themselves. And no one is willing to sit down next to them. And maybe, maybe God is saying to you, what if you sat with them? What if you sat down next to them? Because remember... Jesus sat down next to you when you were lonely. And maybe God is saying, I know that lunchtime is like your time and you love doing that, but, but maybe God's saying to you to sit with them at lunch, even when you don't fit with them. Or maybe it's here, right? So many of you, this is cool, so many of you come here um, with your friends 
And I love seeing that, man. I love seeing like groups of students walk in together and you guys are like arm in arm and hand in hand and you love coming here together. In fact, I've seen this before where students will like wait outside. They won't even come inside until their friends get here, right? Like they got to roll up with their squad. They got to be ready. You know, it's like we got to like have our entrance or at least think we have an entrance, right? And so like, you know, you want to do that. And I totally get that. I totally get that. But then there's some people that come here and they don't really know anyone. And maybe they go to a different school. Or maybe they go to your school, they just haven't really made that many friends yet. Or maybe they have made friends, but their friends just aren't here. But for whatever reason, they don't really have anyone to sit with. What if, what if, what if next time you came here, you sat with them? What if, what if this was a place, just, just imagine for a second, what if this was a place where no student would ever come and sit alone? That every time a new student or student that's been here for years, every time they came, there was always someone with an arm around them, always someone sitting next to them. What if people felt welcome? What if, what if it took someone like you sitting down next to them for them to begin to understand how much God loved them? What if it took you simply just sitting next to them for them to eventually make the decision to accept Christ as their Savior. Maybe, maybe someone's story that one day we'll hear about the baptism is that someone came and sat down next to him. And that's how they knew that Jesus actually loved him. Because that's what Jesus did for you. Sit with him. Even when you don't fit. Because I'm telling you, this is what Jesus did for you. Jesus left his throne in heaven and he sat down right next to you and he did life with you and then he gave his life for you, generously loving you so much. And so here's, here's the final question for tonight. Who do you need to sit next to? Who do you need to sit next to? And maybe, maybe you've got in mind someone at the lunch table. Maybe you've got in mind someone on the bus. Maybe it's someone here and you don't know their name, but you've seen them before. Who do you need to sit next to? And the neat thing is, for some of you, if it's on the bus, you can start tomorrow morning. For some of you, if it's at the lunch table, you can start tomorrow afternoon. Or maybe here, you can even start tonight and just introduce yourself to someone. To sit with them. Even when you don't fit with them. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for modeling this for us. Thank you for loving us and caring for us even though we didn't deserve it. I'm so grateful that you did something so uncomfortable by leaving your throne in heaven to actually sit down next to us and to do life with us. I love the Christmas story that you moved into the neighborhood and you gave up your life because of how much you loved us. And so I pray that these students, God, I pray that you'd give them the wisdom to know who they need to sit next to. And I know it's uncomfortable and I know it's difficult and I know that maybe, you know, they're like, their status at school is going to take a hit or maybe people are going to talk about them or maybe people are going to say things. But I pray that they wouldn't worry about any of that because you didn't worry about any of that when you were with us. Give them the boldness to move forward and to sit with them even when they don't fit with them. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.